What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Just a friendly reminder, wherever you're listening to this, to please leave a like and a review. It's how we help the show get better, whether it be on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, you name it. Please leave a like. In addition, we also have a Facebook page at Geeks Who Watch Football. And if you feel the desire to tweet at me, I am at MadTitan1018. With that out of the way, today is a football episode. I'm doing this one solo. Sorry, you don't get to hear any guests on this one. I think it's kind of a good thing, though, because I get to share my full opinion without having a back and forth. And I think once in a while, it's good to do these solo ones to get these a little bit out of the way. But rest assured, we will be doing a video game one later this week, this Thursday. And then next week, we'll have another football one. I'll probably be bringing in Paul or somebody in as well. So we got plenty planned ahead for you. Don't you worry. I wanted to take today's episode because we just got done with the NFL offseason with the NFL draft. Rookie mini camps are underway. You're seeing everybody. Everyone's excited. Jersey sales are up. You know, it's kind of the dead period for football. Everything's good news no matter what before we get our hopes and dreams dashed by, you know, preseason injuries or regular season disappointments. It's kind of like hope is still in the air right now. So everybody looks good in the new jersey. Everybody says they're developing nicely. All the coaches are excited, yada, yada, yada. So with the draft in the NFL offseason behind, I think it'd be a good time now to list five teams that I think had a great offseason. And I said five, but I think I could only come up with four, but I could probably throw a fifth one in there. Teams that quote unquote fail or I don't want to say failed because we don't know how they're going to turn out, but teams that kind of had a not so great offseason. And when I mean offseason, we have the full picture now. We have the free agency in addition to the NFL draft. So Taking both of these into account, who do I think had a great offseason and who do I think failed or had a struggling offseason? Now, if your team is not in the top five, it does not mean that they're not going to be in the Super Bowl or playing for playoff contention. It just means dramatically improve or take that next step. So teams that are not in my top five, I'll say it right now, the Buffalo Bills are not. However. I think they're still the the favorite to win the AFC East. Those of you who've been tuning in know this. I still think they're one of the top two, top three teams in the AFC. I think they're going to be right back in the thick of it in the AFC Championship as it stands right now. It's just, in my opinion, they didn't do anything to significantly improve their team compared to the other AFC teams I have listed. Doesn't mean they're not as good as some of the teams listed, but they kind of were just holding serve, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. There's kind of nothing wrong with that. But so one or two teams I wanted to give an honorable mention. I'm going to start on the positive side before I go negative here. A team that I kept out of the top five was the New England Patriots. They are the runner up. They're like the sixth team. And it pained me to do this kind of because I do like their draft. If Mac Jones pans out, they have solved their quarterback issue. Last year, with the departure of Tom Brady, they were in salary cap hell. They had a depleted offense. Half of their defense didn't play due to COVID. They sat out the season. So with them getting this ammunition back, getting their defensive players back, finally having a salary cap this year to go on a spending spree, one would think they did, quote-unquote, win the offseason because they were the biggest spenders in free agency by a mile, and they did have a really good draft. So why don't I have them in my top five? 
because every time we see people who quote unquote win free agency, it rarely translates to regular season success. And I'm trying to be predictive here and take it from me, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan where year after year, my team has won free agency only to end up seven and nine, eight and eight. I think the New England Patriots did spend a lot of money, but I don't see huge impact players. I see the typical free agent signings, decent players that are signed to great contracts. Their contracts are bigger than their production. Nelson Aguilar is a nice receiver. He ain't worth 12 million plus a year. Hunter Henry and John U. Smith are nice tight ends. They're not top six tight ends in the league like they're being paid. It's, just is what it is at this point. I know the Patriots are desperate. They kind of had to overpay, and that's what you get in free agency. The Patriots now get to see what it's like to be everybody else when you don't have Tom Brady demanding, you know, taking a pay cut so you're able to, you know, twist the arm of all your players. But I still think the Patriots had a good offseason. I still love their draft, but I just think a lot of these free agents are overpriced. And at the end of the day, I still think, even though they'll be a little better, I still don't think they're going to be much better than in an eight and eight team. I think they're going to be around 500. So they're one of the teams that was in my honorable mention. I already mentioned the Buffalo bills. I like the, I love the draft pick of Boogie Bancham and Spencer Brown. I love that. They brought some of their players back kind of a little bit confused with the letting uh, go of John Brown and resigning Emmanuel or signing Emmanuel Sanders. I think that's kind of a wash. I would have just kept John Brown. Cause, you know, I personally thought he was a better fit, but We'll see. Um, I think the Bills could have addressed their needs similar to the Dolphins. Another team is my, 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 my Miami Dolphins are not in the top five. I just don't think they did enough in free agency. Yes, the signing of Will Fuller could be huge, but they mostly signed depth and backup players. And that's fine. You don't need to be big spenders like the Patriots, but a lot of their free agents they signed last year are no longer on the team. So they're kind of saving up for big cap space next year for re-signing the room with Mike Gusecki and Jerome Baker. And I think the Dolphins had a decent draft. I liked their draft, but I didn't love it. Like I said on the podcast a week ago with Bobby and Paul, I think their draft was around a B. Like it was a good draft, but I don't think it's going to put them over the top. It's going to all hinder on Tua. But I think the Dolphins had a solid offseason, but that I don't consider it to be a top five at least in my opinion with that being said i'm going to get into the top five there's different measurements it's not always a team that has a great draft but i don't want to beat around the bush any longer because we got a lot of uh, teams to get through so number five on my list is the la rams and before people say jeff they don't have any draft picks they traded them all what are you talking about it's not just the the picks because they've been making do without first-round picks for the last four years, yet they still make the playoffs almost every year, and they were in the Super Bowl a few years back. This is a team that feels like they're a quarterback away, and they got Matt Stafford, who is a quarterback that has underachieved, people believe, due to the franchise holding him back. So this could be a match made in heaven, a a chance for these guys to finally put up or shut up, both organizations. The Rams to put up with saying, we finally have a franchise quarterback, and Stafford to put up saying, I have a team that's going to support me now and a good coaching staff. So we're going to see if this is the difference. They did draft um, 2-2 Atwell. They did re-sign Leonard Floyd. They did sign Deshaun Jackson to approve a deal. They did sign as an undrafted free agent Paris Ford the safety. 
In addition, they also got rid of Jared Goff's contract. That needs to be stated as well. They were stuck in that contract. That was a bad extension. They're eating, I think, a little over $20 million this year, but then they're free of it. Yes, it cost them two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Stafford, but they're in win-now mode. These next two years, they are pushing their chips in to win it. And people forget, they were still in the divisional playoff round with, Jer- uh, with Jared Goff. Playing like, you know, sometimes Jared Goff plays. If they get production out of Matt Stafford, they could be a Super Bowl team. And if that happens, that's why I think it's worth the risk for them. And if it doesn't work out, and you blow it up in two years and you have the cap space to do it because Jared Goff's contract is off your books. Yeah, you picked up Stafford, but he's only got a couple years left on that deal. You just two years, you blow it up and you start again then. I like the move to push your chips all in. They still have a great defense. They still have a top five defense led by Aaron Donald. They still have a great offense under Sean McVay with Cooper Cup, and they just added another speedster in 2-2 Atwell. Granted, I think my like lower half weighs more than 2-2 Atwell. I think he was a little overdrafted, but they need weapons there to help balance out the offense. They still have Robert Woods there. I think they'll be just fine. I like the signing. I don't have them ranked higher because I do think they are a little bit in a cap hell situation. They don't have a lot of draft picks for the next year, so it's hard to put them higher than that, but I put them in the top five because I really think this team can compete for a Super Bowl. I really think they're going to be in the running when it's all said and done. They're going to be one of the they're going to be in the NFC Championship game or they're going to be one of the top 3 teams in the NFC. I really believe that and that's why I have them in my top 5. Next up is the Denver Broncos. Those of you who tuned in a week ago or even 2 weeks ago know I've been raving about their draft. The Denver Broncos did resign some of their own as well. They resigned their number 1 free agent target Justin Simmons, the safety to a 4-year deal. They did have some other signings as, or I think I don't know if they re-signed Von Miller if they just managed to hold on to him. But Von Miller is still on their team. That's a bonus. They signed Ronald Darby. They signed Kareem Jackson, the safety. The big signing, of course, coming from cap casualty Kyle Fuller from the Chicago Bears. That's can't go understated enough. They got a Pro Bowl corner there. In addition, they also traded with the Carolina Panthers for quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. I think it was a six-round pick. They ended up giving up. That's a low-risk deal to push their quarterback, Drew Locke. In the NFL draft, they strengthened their roster even more by drafting Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. They traded up in front of my Dolphins to select Javante Williams. They drafted the high upside guard center, Division Three prospect, Quinn Miners, and they drafted Baron Browning, the linebacker from Ohio State. There was other prospects, but those are the ones that stood out to me. The one weakness of this Denver Broncos team would be the quarterback position. Did they do enough? They are putting a lot. They are going all in because they have Drew Locke on his third year. They're hoping he takes that step. And if not, they brought in competition with Teddy Bridgewater. Vic Fangio is on the hot seat. I don't care what anybody says. And I partially believe that's why they did not take uh, Justin Fields or Mac Jones, even though they were staring them in the face of pick nine. I don't think I think Denver fans have to come to the realization like Benjamin Albright, the insider was saying, I don't think Denver was ever going quarterback. Not when their head coach is on the hot seat, they're not going to take a rookie quarterback And this new GM that was brought in Patton. He's not going to hitch his wagon to a coach on his last year. Think of like the Joe Douglas situation a year ago with the New York Jets. He was brought in. He inherited Adam Gase. He wasn't going to take a new quarterback. He was going to ride it out with Sam Darnold one more year and Adam Gase, see what he had, and then go get his guy and his coach. And I think that's what's going to happen with Patton here. If this doesn't work out, 
He's going to start fresh with his own coach, and they're going to draft a quarterback next year. I firmly believe that's their path. So if you come to that realization, I think they strengthen the rest of their team, though. They signed the highest upside running back in the draft. They signed a high upside guard center. I think both of those players are going to take a year, but I think Quinn Miners will be a pro bowler in the next two to three years. I think Patrick Sertan is obviously the highest floor prospect corners. There's obviously some other corners people had higher, like J.C. Horn, but I think Patrick Sertan is a higher floor than J.C. Horn, but J.C. Horn has the higher upside. So I think they got a great corner, sort of the legendary Dolphin corner, uh, Pat Sertan. I just like their draft, and not even just because of Javante Williams, even though he was my man crush that I listed before the NFL draft. I think the Broncos, with the exception of the quarterback position, even still they got Teddy Bridgewater is decent. Teddy Bridgewater has kind of become the new Andy Dalton in the NFL. I used to call Andy Dalton the prime radiant of NFL quarterbacks, being ranked like 16th in the NFL, meaning if you have a quarterback better than Andy Dalton, you have your franchise quarterback. If you have a fr- if you have a quarterback worse than Andy Dalton, you need to find a new quarterback. That was like the measuring stick. Andy Dalton is, of course, on the Chicago Bears, and he's no longer what he was. He's kind of gotten older. He's more great. He's not really the same middle-of-the-road prospect anymore. I think he's obviously regressed. So I would say about Teddy Bridgewater is at that level. If you have a quarterback better than Teddy Bridgewater, you have your guy. If you have a guy worse than Teddy, you need a new quarterback. He's like the quarterback purgatory. So, But he's great competition for Drew Locke, and they got him on the cheap. So I think the Denver Broncos did a great job of strengthening their team. I'm not afraid to give it to them, even though I throw some hate their way because they took a lot of my man crush players. But I think they had a solid offseason. Like I said, can't they did a great thing of drafting Patrick Sertan. He doesn't even have to play because they have their number. They they signed Kyle Fuller. Patrick Sertan can sit on the bench or play the number two or three corner role. He doesn't have to get thrown out there the way Jeff Okuda was for the Lions last year and get ripped. Corners always take a year or two to develop. There's no pressure with Patrick Sertan right now. It does suck losing Jawan James to the injury bug, and they had to let him go. That was after the draft, but that could bite them too. They might have regretted not taking one of the tackles at nine, but Patrick Sertan's a good prospect. They had good draft picks across the board. Resigning their safety too, who's arguably a top two, top three safety in football right now too. Can't go understated. This team's ready to go. And like I said, if they don't pan out, I don't blame them because they still have a solid foundation. They go get their quarterback and coach next year. So... I think the Denver Broncos did a good job. I don't think they did enough to unseat the Chiefs or any of them, but they're setting themselves up for a nice path in the future. Number three team, I think, that had a really, really good offseason. I think the Kansas City Chiefs. Their weakness last year, given the heartbreaking Super Bowl loss, was not only was their offensive line depleted, but they had no depth. Well, they took a weakness and turned it into a strength. Yes, they lost Eric Fitcher and Swartz to free agency. Well, they released them. I don't think they lost in the free agency. They just flat out cut them. And then they signed Joe Thune, Kyle Long, and they traded for tackle from the Baltimore Ravens, Orlando Brown. In addition, you factored that in with last year's picks of Lucas Nyang, who's had a year to develop. It's pretty solid. In addition to that, they also drafted Nick Bolton, the linebacker, Creed Humphrey, the best center in the draft, and Trey Smith, the guard from Tennessee. Holy shit. Joe Thune's a Pro Bowl guard. Kyle Long's a Pro Bowl guard. You just got the best center in the draft and Creed Humphrey to plug in there. You got Orlando Brown, who filled in admirably a left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens when Ronnie Stanley went down. So you have Orlando Brown, Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, Kyle Long, and even at depth, you have Trey Smith. 
And you have Lucas Niang coming in now at right tackle, who's had a year to develop, who I liked a lot last year in the draft. They just turned a weakness into a strength. And like I said, they have depth now. They still have that backup center. They still have Trey Smith, who they drafted now. And they added a nice linebacker to their core. I love Nick Bolton coming out out of Missouri. They turned a weakness and turned it into a strength. This team's ready to go. Yes, they lost Sammy Watkins to free agency, but they still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Robinson. They still have their running back tandem. Clyde Ridgelaire is going to run better, I believe, because they're going to have a much improved offensive line, and they will be able to run the ball because teams are scared shitless of that passing game. So I think the Chiefs are going to be right back in the Super Bowl. I think they're the team to beat still. This solidified it for me. I think the Chiefs are the force. The Bills could knock them off because the Bills are still there and they're dangerous, but the Chiefs just turned their weakness into their strength. They are not going to have a repeat of this last year's Super Bowl. I'm very impressed to see how it turns out. So Kansas City Chiefs are number three. And I don't want to say necessary ranking, but we're going to keep going anyway. We got next up the Cleveland Browns. They signed safety John Johnson, defensive end Jadavian Clowney, resigned uh, Baker Mayfield's favorite target, Rashad Higgins. And then they turn around in the NFL draft and they saw, and they draft Greg Newsome out of Northwestern, the corner. They steal in the second round, Jeremiah Wusukoromoro, the linebacker from Notre Dame. They get the speedster out of Auburn, Anthony Schwartz. They sign the safety from Georgia, Richard LeCount. And they take one of my, like a player that really was a senior bowl standout in the running back slash wide receiver from UCLA, Demetric Felton. I love their draft. The Cleveland Browns were a divisional playoff team last year, and they pecker slapped the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, and I think they just got better. Their weakness being their defense, and they needed speed. While they added Greg Newsome, one of the top three corners in the draft, and they added Jeremiah Wusukoromoro, who's arguably the speediest linebacker in this draft. He's your tight end cover. This team added speed. In addition, they resigned some of their own. They brought back a cannot go understated. Like I said, he was a running back slash wide receiver. They're going to have a convert for him as Demetri Felton. Cleveland's going to be good, folks. I think they're going to be good. If Baker Mayfield continues developing, that team takes that step. They're going to be a force. I think they had an excellent, excellent draft. I know I wasn't as high as Jeremy or Wusukoromoro. I, didn't, I knew he would fall. I didn't know there was an undisclosed medical injury. I thought it would just be due to his weight because he's light because he's kind of like a safety linebacker hybrid, but I sure as hell would take him in the second round. I just didn't want to take him in the teens for my Dolphins. I had him going to the Browns at 26, and they got him in the second round. It's a steal. Greg Newsom, they stole. They got him in the 26. I had, I think, him going no farther than the Jets or the uh, Titans. He fell right into their lap. Outstanding draft for the Cleveland Browns, and it's outstanding to the underrated signing of John Johnson, the safety. They added speed on that defense, folks. And I know Jadavian Klein is kind of washed, and you don't know if he's going to try or not, but he's a, he's a low-risk signing paired with Miles Garrett already. It's a good de- That's a good team. It's a good, well-balanced team. They arguably had the best one-two running punch in football. They're going to be a force. That offensive line was really improved last year. They have another year to gel. That team's going to be a force. I really think the Cleveland Browns are going to make some noise this year. And last but not least, the team that had the, one of the best NFL off seasons this year was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a team that just came off winning the Super Bowl, handing Patrick Mahomes his defeat. 
And what did they do? They resigned almost everybody. Usually a team like that wins the Super Bowl. They, it's hard to keep it together. But no, they restructured Tom Brady's contract. They re-signed all their big free agents. Levante David signed. Leonard Fournette signed. Gronk signed. Antonio Brown, yup, he's back. Dominic Sue, back. Outside linebacker Shaquille Barrett, back. Chris Godwin, the number one target, number one wide receiver in the in free agency. Yeah, they franchise tagged him. In addition, in the NFL draft, they signed defensive end Joe Tryon, backup quarterback trial Trask from Florida, and they got Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame. That's a good, that's a solid draft, but that's a team that kind of already has everything. Like, what do you do to a team that has everything? You just kind of take guys like, eh, Kyle Trask holds a clipboard. Okay, we got Tom Brady still. The team that's loaded, and the only hope people had was that they would lose pieces. No, they're bringing everyone back, and they're probably going to even hit the ground running this year because, one, they're starting off playing at home instead of on the road in New Orleans. And number two, Brady and Bruce Arians have that year of familiarity under their belt, y'all. They had the growing pains last year which show, but when they hit their stride, whoo, they were rolling. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are another Super Bowl contender. They were the Super Bowl champs last year, and they brought everybody back. It's hard not to pick against them. Or, I mean, it's hard to pick against them. I mean, I think them along with the Chiefs, you could see a Super Bowl rematch, and that's why I have to give it to them. They didn't sign anybody flashy, but re-signing your own is an achievement for a Super Bowl team. Just bringing that team back, bringing the band back. I thought for sure they were going to lose Leonard Fournette, or I thought for sure they were going to lose Chris Godwin. They brought them both back. I'm like, Jesus. You got to hope Tom Brady ages like milk or something, but he's not. He's proven to be the timeless wonder. Because that's their only hope right now of this team not being stopped in the NFC. And it pains me to say that, but I think I'm not, I'm going to save my Super Bowl predictions for when I have Paul on or when I have like Bobby on the coach or somebody later on in the show or not show later on in the weeks. But yeah, folks, Tampa Bay's a force. They're at the very least the top two, top three team in the NFC. So those are my teams. Just a quick reminder, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, LA Rams, Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos. Not in that particular order, but I'm just listening to five teams off. Those are five teams that had a great NFL offseason. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about five teams that had a not-so-great offseason. Stay tuned. And we're back. So we just covered the teams that had a great NFL offseason. Now we're going to get to the teams that I feel like didn't have so good of a season. Doesn't mean all these four or five teams are going to be picking at the top of the NFL draft next year. Some definitely will. Spoiler alert. But I think it seems that definitely struggled or regressed or were casting the media in a negative light one way or the other. So getting to it. Team that immediately stands out to me is the Vegas Raiders. So why the Las Vegas Raiders? I and it's not even the fact of who they let go or who they um I don't know how to explain it. They had they turned a strength into a weakness. They let their offense their entire offensive line go. They traded their center Hudson to the Arizona Cardinals. They let their they traded their right tackle away to the um New England Patriots. Then they turn around and I think reach for a tackle from Alabama. I don't think that I think that unit was perfectly fine and I saw no reason to just move off all the pieces but they completely tore the unit down I understand not bringing back Nelson Aguilar because he was kind of he rejuvenated his year his career he's a one-year prove-it deal you have Henry Ruggs there 
and you still have arguably, if not the best, top two, top three tight end of football and Darren Waller. You have Josh Jacobs, but even still, it's like it makes no sense. You have Josh Jacobs, and then you get, get hand out money to Kenyon Drake from the Cardinals. Like, why? If you want a two horse back, why not just draft one? Use a pick, get a you know Kenneth Gainwell in the draft. You want a speedy back? Go get a. Uh, I'm not saying you had to spend a first round pick like Jacksonville did for a toy, but Jesus, you could have got a Michael Carter. You could have got a Kenneth Gainwell. You could have got you know the kid from Louisville. You could have got. There's so many running backs. You could have just plucked away at one just taking a flyer i just don't get the sense of the direction with this team and john gruden is not on the hot seat and everyone's like well what do you mean like because he signed a 10-year deal he ain't going anywhere if anybody if this team struggles this year mike mayock's gonna fall on the sword mike mayock's gonna be the one to go Derek Carr's just good enough to get you beat he might be the primary in a quarterback i know i was saying teddy bridgewater earlier it probably is Derek Carr. if you have a better quarterback than Carr, you're good if you have a worse you need to go but I think he does get too much shade thrown his way. But let's be honest, it's because he had such a magnificent, I think it was a sophomore season where he was in the running for MVP before he suffered that horrific leg injury. And he hasn't been the same since. And I don't want to say he's been bad. He's not, he's certainly not been terrible. It's just like he gets, it's like he's afraid to make the mistake. It's like he's afraid to throw the pick. And I know that's not going to fly with Chucky. Chucky wants you to get aggressive. Chucky wants you to rip it. And I just don't know if they're long-term going to work out. I know every year, if I was if I was Carr, I feel bad. I'd be frustrated because every year uh, Gruden talks about, you know, replacing you. They had Marcus Mariota on the team backing you up. A lot of people think that he might eventually take over because that's more of a Chucky-style quarterback. But I don't know. I just don't see the direction of the Raiders. They have a great running game in Josh Jacobs. Well, like I said, I just don't see an identity with this team, and their defense is still dog shit. So, and they're playing in the hardest division in football in the AFC West and in seeding the Chiefs. I know they beat the Chiefs last offseason, but they got to beat other teams. It's like they beat the Chiefs and then they, you know, they step on their own dick. They can't get out of their own way. The Denver Broncos, I think, caught up to them. I think the Broncos had a great offseason. The Chargers with Justin Herbert, whoo. I think Herbert's not going to be quite, I think he's going to have a sophomore slump a little bit, similar to Baker Mayfield, how he comes back down to earth. But I don't think he's going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to have a Josh Freeman like fall. It's a tough division. And the Raiders, they've been patient. I feel bad for that fan base. They've been suffering. I don't see any hope around the corner for them. Anyway, speaking of no hope around the corner, the next team I have is the Green Bay Packers. What in the actual hell? You had one job and you literally pissed off your franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. The two needs on the team a year ago for the Green Bay Packers, the teams will say we were set. Ask any Packers fan in 2020 before the NFL draft a year ago, go back in the time machine. They would tell you we're good at quarterback. We're good at running back with Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, the two Aaron's. What are their first two picks last year? Quarterback Jordan Love, who you traded up for and running back AJ Dillon. Are you fucking kidding me? Then, this year, you go into the draft. You re-sign Aaron Jones, by the way, to a big money deal. I think it was eleven or twelve million per. So AJ Dillon's still going to ride the pine. You don't know necessarily what you have in Jordan Love. You might have to play him now. They just signed Blake Bortles, but and then their first round pick, they take Eric Stokes. Yes, they needed secondary help, but I don't like that pick. I do love taking the receiver Amari Rogers from Clemson. 
I know Packer fans pounding the table for receiver. I think you got a good one there, folks. He's really good. I think you're going to like Amari Rodgers. I don't like the Josh Myers pick. They did need a center replacement. They did let their center go to the L.A. Chargers, the best center in football, in my opinion. If not the best center, definitely top two. But I would have personally taken Creed Humphrey there instead. And if not Creed Humphrey, Landon Dickerson. I would have taken one of those two. Myers could prove me wrong. There are some scouts who swear by him and had him ranked as their number one or number two out of Ohio State. I was more of a Creed fan, and if I'm not going Creed, I would have definitely gone Landon Dickerson. I would have even gone Quinn Miners over Myers. I think Quinn Miners, a D3 kid, will end up being a better center than Myers, too. So I don't like their first two-round picks. You pissed off your franchise quarterback, and if you win the division, it's because of pure dumb luck because you got the Chicago Bears with Andy Dalton and a rookie quarterback, the Detroit Lions with Jared Goff. The Vikings could supplant you, but Kirk Cousins, come on. They might just luck out and win the division again. That's their only saving grace. Sorry, Packer fans. I really do feel for you because they're a great fan base. They're a great fan base. I love Packer fans. I'm not throwing shade their way. They would tell you their offseason sucked. How do you piss off your franchise quarterback? God. I understand like the chart, like the chart, like the Seahawks. Russell Wilson was like groaning a little bit, but Jesus. Packers like hold my beer. We'll We'll show you how to piss a quarterback off. Speaking of moving on quarterbacks, the New Orleans Saints, and it's not necessarily their fault, but it is. Drew Brees retired. Now you have the combo of uh, Mr. 30 for 30 himself, Jameis Winston, and Tim Tebow reincarnated with, uh, I almost said Paxton Lynch, Jesus, Taysom Hill. We're going to find out how good Sean McVay, or Sean McD- I almost said Jesus Christmas. We're going to find out how good the coach is for the Saints in the, like the season. He's a good coach anyway, by the way. He's He has nothing to prove Sean Payton. He has nothing to prove, but it's like, he's got his work cut out for him. They were in cap of hell last year. They were like something ridiculous, like $150 million over the cap. They had to restructure like crazy. They had to let pieces go. They still got a way to find uh, Marshawn Lattimore, their corner. Extend him, keep him, whatever. But... Whew. They're in cap hell, and I didn't care for the draft. Everyone knows their first-round pick. I was like, who? Normally, I don't start saying who in the draft until we get to the fourth, fifth round. This year, I was saying who with their first-round pick. With other edge players like Boogie Basham on the board and Joseph Asai and um, the kid from Texas. Oh, yeah, I just said Joseph Asai. Yeah, like. Uh, Cesar Ozulari from Georgia, the outside linebacker. Like, there's so many other players I could have taken. My God. And the Saints aren't getting any easier because they're in the division with Tampa. I know they beat them last year, but that was with Drew Brees. So, good luck. I think Atlanta's still going to be shit because, yeah, their offense is deadly, but their defense sucks. The Panthers, it depends on uh, Sam Darnold. Their defense has gotten better, though. They have invested a crap load of picks and money into that defense. I think they're going to be better. They were a feisty team last year. They're going to be better. If Sam Darnold's the real deal, they're going to explode. Um, But yeah, Saints I'm not confident with. I don't think they'll be awful like a top five picking team, but they're not going to be the glory days of 13-3, and 12-4 anymore. I think they're going to be like a 9-7 and seven team, 8-8, eight and eight, which for them is a bad season. So combine the cap hell with the blah of a first-round pick and the retirement of a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
think that's a pretty bad offseason for the Saints. Last but not least, the golden sombrero of shame, the team that I think not only had the worst NFL offseason, might be one of the worst in history, by the way, but I think they will be picking in the first. I think they will be picking not only in the top five of the NFL draft. I think they will be picking first overall in the NFL draft next year, and that is the Houston Texans. Jesus, idiot's guide to how to screw up a, a fan base. I feel bad for Texan fans. There's no hope for next year. Your franchise quarterback doesn't want to play for you, and then he has a scandal hit him because they refuse to trade him and say, we're going to wait him out if we have to. And now he's going to probably, at the very least, even if he settles his case, he's going to be suspended four to six games, and he still might not play for you. Yeah, you signed Tyrod Taylor, but come on. That team is jettisoning away talent. Yeah, they signed Mark Ingram, but he's over the hill. Baltimore was like, yeah, we're good. Three, four years ago, it would have been a great signing. 2021, eh. Will Fuller left your team to go to the Miami Dolphins. Kenny Stills, gone. You got the old running back from uh, Arizona there. David Johnson, the ghost of David Johnson running for you. And you still got the gift that keeps giving Laramie Tunzel. I just don't see a direction with this team. And at the very least, if you traded Deshaun Watson and took a young quarterback or got a quarterback back, you'd have hope. You know, maybe you trade with the Dolphins and you're picking third overall and you take Trey Lance. Just a thought. Or if you traded, you know, whoever you traded with, you know, San Francisco and got a Jimmy Garoppolo back or something like that. Or, you know, you straight up traded with the Packers and got Aaron Rodgers. Like, something like that. Like... You could have got something back for him, and you would have looked like a genius if you traded Deshaun Watson, and then all this shit hit the fan with the cases, the civil suits. You would have looked like a genius because they would have traded all this capital for you, and they wouldn't even be able to play him. And you would probably have their pick, folks. Imagine if like a team like, and I'm not going to say my team would have, but imagine a team like the Dolphins traded you two on their entire team for Watson, and then Watson can't play, and Miami has to play freaking like, Any quarterback, just insert name here because they don't have Fitzpatrick anymore. Jesus, in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills and the Patriots, Miami might have been picking top five and you would have had their pick next year. God, like Houston could have knocked this out of the park and they floundered it. So not only, yes, the good news is they'll still get something for Deshaun Watson. I'm not going to say they're going to get nothing because his value will only diminish a little bit. But you could have had those picks this year for this year's draft. You would have given your fan base hope. And if you sucked, you'd still be picking top three next year to either get A, your quarterback, you know, whether it be, and I'll go over later on, like in the year of like prospects to keep an eye on for 2021 slash 2022. But you could have got like Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. You could have gotten the kid from North Carolina, the quarterback from USC, you know, or you could have even, even if you got your quarterback this year with the draft capital. You could have gotten one of the premier defensive ends next year coming out with Thibodeau from uh, Oregon. So a lot of good talent next year. Like you could have, I don't know. It's, I think Houston blundered it. I think they will be picking first overall. 
I would have pooped on the Bengals and made them the pick fifth team because of Joe Burrow getting hurt, but that just happens. You know, they're going to probably be taking top five as well, but Joe Burrow is going to miss half the year. Can't really blame, you know, like best case you sign a Ryan Fitzpatrick or they would have or done like Miami did with a Jay Cutler and you just ride out a six and 10, seven and nine season. That's a loaded AFC North with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. But I'm not going to poop on the Bengals because they had their franchise quarterback go down for half the year, so I'm going to cut them some slack. So I'm not going to list a fifth team that failed. It probably would have been the Bengals if I was tied down, but I can't really blame them, the front office, because he got hurt is what it is. So that does it. So just a friendly reminder, just a quick recap. Teams that I feel like won the NFL offseason, combining the draft, and free agency that have a direction. I like the Bucks. I like the Rams. I like the Browns. I like the Chiefs, and I like the Broncos. Teams that I think had a struggling offseason, they prefer to just wash away, forget it ever happened, would be the Texans, Packers, Saints, and Raiders. And that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Remember to leave a like or review wherever you're listening, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, in addition, leave a like on the Facebook page, Geeks Who Watch Football. Or you can tweet at me. I am at MadTitan1018. My name is Jeff Jackson. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And I'll see you guys around.